1: Returning fans packing out Celtic Park. Six wins on the spin for the team. 24 goals hammered in those half a dozen matches with exhilarating and attacking football, the brand being instilled by new manager Ange Postikoglu. And with new signings also impressing, having just come in the door, it's been a great spell for the Celtic supporters. And the next two matches heading into the first international break of the campaign could well have a big bearing on the season. Firstly... Thursday night in AZ and Alkmaar with Celtic having a chance to reach the group stage of the Europa League and then of course on Sunday it's Rangers at Ibrox with a chance for one of the teams to put down the first real marker in the title race. It's a key spell for Celtic and joining us to look ahead to it all in the matches and other matters we've got the Celtic legend that is Chris Sutton and record sports Michael Gannon. Boys how are we today?
2: Very well thanks. Michael's a legend as well. I was, waiting, I was waiting to
0: find out I was waiting to find out What I was going to get hit with there <laughs> uh, that's, that's not too bad I can take that yeah, it's been so,
1: guys It's been so long Since we had the two years together I thought we'd keep it formal today Rather than <laughs> rather, rather than yeah. Go down normal lines
2: Yeah I've not missed him. Me either
1: Yes, It's been a good Recent spell For Celtic Six straight wins um things definitely on the up given the the, the tricky start that Ange Postecoglou had to the to the season how, how do you gauge the team and the squad and the mood of everything at this stage now going into the, the two big games before the and a break
2: well i think the mood around the club is pretty remarkable you know when you think uh, Ange Postecoglou's only been in the door just over 2 months um uh, you know what he's had to work with to get the team up to speed to play in the manner which they're playing with with the dynamism and the energy and uh it's been true to his word about the brand of football which he wanted to bring in It's it's so exhilarating to watch and you can see why the the fans are, are right behind him and absolutely enthralled with it having said all that i do think that uh and i think he said himself uh the manager that they're a you know, they're a long way from where they uh, want to be. And uh, albeit Celtic are a brilliant watch, as we saw uh, the game last week against Altmar, they are they still have a vulnerability at the back. So, you know, with regards to the game on Thursday... It, they've still got a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. And I, in the back of my mind, I'm still a little bit worried about it. But we know, we know the way that Ange is going to play and set the team up, and he's just going to go for it. And you know, it's going to be it's going to be a, a, a roller coaster all season, by the looks of it.
1: Chris will get into the the, the exacts of the, of the Alkmaar tie shortly. But Michael, would you suggest that Celtic are ahead? of where they may have been a lot of people thought they may have been at this stage and as Chris is saying the manager's suggesting they're still a long way from where he would like them to be should the supporters be quite excited by that fact given they seem to be pretty excited at the moment by
0: what they're saying anyway I think so I think you look back to where they were after Tencastle in opening league game of the season having kind of gone out of Europe uh, gone out of the Champions League to the Michelin. I think at that point in time, I think people weren't, weren't blaming the manager because they knew that his hands were tied behind his back the way the, the way it started in terms of the recruitment and all that stuff. So I think at that point, there's a lot of concerns. But if you look at then till now, I mean, it's completely flipped. I mean, the, the atmosphere, as like Chris mentioned there, the mood's completely changed and everyone's on board with this kind of um, brand of football. They're scoring of goals. Um, but they're ridiculously early in the rebuild. I mean, I mean, possibly Coglu's bringing in players and throwing them straight in the team. And a lot of them, have, I mean, look at Kyogo and, and uh, Abada, Joe Hart, they've really hit, hit the ground running. And it's been kind of, I, mean, I think the manager said himself, it's a bit unfair on them to throw them right in at the deep end, but they've coped really well. So it is surprising where they are because it doesn't always work that way when you sign. Sometimes it can take a bit of time. Not everyone can start so spectacularly. Uh, I know Chris did when he arrived at Celtic, mind you, I think he's going to jump, jump in and remind me there about his start. I could sense it in the background no, there.
2: Right. <laughs> I can't right.
1: remember that what, what happened again did you did, did something at
2: the start did he <laughs> to be fair you could have scored that Swanee I'm not so sure about Mick <laughs> well, I got, it, I'd, have, I'd, I'd have
1: got my knees and headed down
2: <laughs> 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 but just I mean just on that I, I mean look I mean if if you're a Celtic supporter though you're thinking just imagine it, uh, if the board had acted earlier in bringing Just imagine if these signings were were brought in two three weeks earlier. Celtic could well be in the Champions League uh, group stage, with the organisation, which is shown with the with the brand of football, with the confidence uh, that the team has had. And you know, Celtic being slow out of the box, uh, out of the blocks. First of all, uh, with appointing him, and then with the signings. It's uh, you know, it's it's been a handicap, really. Uh, but to see the team from where they were at the end of last season and a club all over the place to where they are now, it's, uh, I mean, it's night and day, isn't it? And that, you know, that is a testament to the manager and the style and the way he's got players on board. I mean, to see the, the, uh, the re-emergence of, of Tom Rogic, a player who, you know, I've always liked him, but him like a lot of uh, guys have, uh, you know, Lost the way, but he looks to be back at this. I mean, Odson Edward, he, you know, the manager's getting a turnout of Odson Edward, which, you know, was remarkable looking at his performance last season. And that's going to be a really interesting one now that the old Edward situation will he stay? Will he go? I, you know, I, I thought it'd be a big miss anyway, but now is it is it not more vital than ever to make sure that he stays and, you know, he'll, he'll walk away at the end of the season, but. Now he looks like he's enjoying his football again. For
1: that to happen, however, Michael, would Odson Edward not really have to sign some form of extension, even if it's a gear, just to protect the fee? Because with the greatest respect, Celtic cannot really afford a player of that value to walk away for free at the end of his contract. So would they have to... They to not that? <laughs> yes, they can. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. can. You think
0: you can. can, yeah. Well, they're not yeah. going to, How much are you going to get for them? So at the very, very best, they're going to get 18, 20 million for them. They spent £9 million pounds on them. There's a massive sell on clause at PSG. So they might only make about 5 or £6 million pound in profit, or whatever it is. But if they win the league this year, they are getting the Champions League group stages directly £40 million pound in the back pocket without even looking.
2: So, 18, 20, 20 million optimistic. I think you're right, page, Chris. I
0: agree I? with you. I'm, I'm, just, I'm aiming at high, at very best. That's what they'll get for him at this stage, but the money they can get for getting to the Champions League group stage next year wipes that out completely. So having Celtic, it's like having Odds and Edward on board for another season, even if he walks away for nothing at the end of the year, it's still more economically uh, sound than let him go for, just now for fifteen million pound. So <laughs> I, I th- unless he can get some a, a deal with a high-ranking team in England or, or or France or Italy or something like that, what's the point of him going just now? Mm. He's be, he'd be better waiting for a year. Do the business, then see what it is, see what happens next year. But I think it's, I think it makes financial sense to keep him for a year. Your-
2: and, and odds, odds and Edward can just, you know, let his contract dwindle anyway. That's that's his decision. You know, it's, yeah. In many respects, it's got nothing to do with the club. If odds and Edward wants to run his contract down, he can do that.
0: Yeah.
1: And do you think that is a genuine possibility now, Chris? And and as the point Michael makes, with the the finances available at the end of the season, where Celtic to win the league. The guaranteed finances of the group stage of the Champions League. Do you think? Obviously, you spoke a lot about the gambles that were taken in the market last summer in the in the chase for for ten in a row, and how some of them didn't really work out. Would this represent another gamble, or
2: do you think? Yeah, but, it makes but, sense? but 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 it might just pan out that way because of the circumstances. I, look, you guys are in the know more than me. And uh, it doesn't look like there, are, there is a plethora of, of, of teams who are uh, putting bids in for odson Edward at this moment in time. You know, there, are que- there have been question marks over his attitude and, uh, and it, it, his desire last season and maybe at the start of this season. And, you know, he's got it all to do. He's been brilliant in the past, but he's lost his way. Now, we know he's a talented player, and maybe this will be a season where he just has to prove it and perform well and put himself back in the shop window where there are, you know, clubs from the Premier League down south and across Europe who would see his level of performance go up, which, you know, it looks like it is to Celtic's benefit. And then they say, do you know what, I'm having him. But at the moment, it seems that uh, there aren't clubs in for him because, there are a lot of doubters out there.
1: There is a chance, uh, a big chance, that Edward will, will still be in place for the, the two upcoming matches against altmar and against Rangers. We'll deal with altmar first, Michael. Um, how do you assess the tie going into it and, and what are you expecting to, to pan out in Holland?
0: I'm expecting Celtic to qualify on Thursday night. Um, I'm expecting them to score in Holland which I think makes the tie um, a really strong position, uh, and I think they'll, they'll get a result at Ibrox on Sunday. Whether they win on Sunday, I, I, I'm not sure, but I think it could be a, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised that I can kind of score a draw in that, in that game. Um, I think they're in decent shape, I think. The Rangers look a bit shaky, the weekend. Uh, decent weeks. Um, I think both defences look a bit creaky. Um, so no, I think it's, it's all set up. I think, all, I think they've all got a result in Holland. I don't think he's... Ed, they're a decent side, but I think they've lost a lot of potency. I mean, I think they've lost a few big star players in the summer. Um, they still got Bo- Celtic and Bodo problems,
2: Mick, didn't they? Aye, but
0: they looked They're blunt, Celtic didn't you? They looked blunt, Chris. I think they looked wee up blunt. I think they missed a few big chances. They don't have that cutting edge, I think. I think uh, Bodo and Stengs are big misses for them. Um, so I don't... I think they'll, they will... I think I can see them scoring as well, but I can see Celtic... Um, Grabbing a goal or two there as well, especially if the he's um, had come at Celtic as well, a wee bit of space, give, the pace they've got in the break. I think you can see Celtic then, scoring. Then. If they get a goal, you've got to think the tie's going to be in um, a really strong position for Celtic at that point. So no, that, I, don't, the, I don't have too many worries in on that one.
1: Is there a great irony, Michael, in the fact that Celtic were notorious for being? incapable of keeping a clean sheet at Celtic Park in Europe and the year that they scrap away goals over three straight clean sheets <laughs> at home and, and, but on a serious note had Celtic gone to Alkmaar with a 2-0 lead with the away goals rule still applying you'd probably fancy them more wouldn't you? The prospect of them getting one goal and, and really putting his head Alkmaar up against it
0: Oh I doubt that's what I'm saying Yeah, same, same in the, the first round in the Champions League as and away goal yeah. that tie would have been changed right away um, obviously, the change of rules is not really helped them this year, which is, which is kind of saw as law. Um, but we I'll talk about Celtic's defence. They've had four clean sheets in the last five games, albeit against kind of limited opposition outside A Z. Um, so they're maybe not quite as as dodgy at the back as maybe we make it out. But this will be the test, I think, uh, in the next kind of, few days. Because obviously A Z and Rangers are different, different, different beasts in the
2: face so far in, in the league, especially. Um, but no, I do find something score up right there. Chris, what do you think? He can't listening to this uh, podcast with a limited uh, opposition comment there, Mick. Do you think so? <laughs> so, uh,
1: taking long for Chris Sutton to attempt to drop Michael Gannon straight back into deep. <laughs> <Limited>
0: <laughs> just just, just, the, just well, for comparing <laughs> budgets, I think. If you're comparing <laughs> budgets, there's certainly a discrepancy. <laughs>
2: Get that shovel. Get that shovel out. <laughs> Yeah, Look, I, he's
1: going to start talking about UEFA seedings in a minute and how it's all gone against <laughs> <laughs> UEFA going to make sure they don't get in. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I, I've got to say, uh, um, Swanee, that I'm I'm slightly worried about the game on Thursday. Now, I, I do take Mick's point about AZ uh, uh, selling some of the best players. That has happened. But they still cause Celtic enough problems defensively. Um, you know, you think Joe Hart, it's good to see a, a Celtic goalkeeper making saves. It's epic to see Joe Hart making a, a, a few saves, but they miss some big chances in the game. And we know how, you know, at, at this stage, how these European ties can swing. I think you make a good point about, you know, the away goals and that being sods law for Celtic. But I think the AZ it shows that they're a capable team. But as as Mick quite rightly said, Celtic, as we all know, look really capable of scoring. So it's a, it's a real test of the, the players' courage and their resolve to go over to Holland and actually impose themselves and play their game. But I do think the the signs under range are that they are going to do that. But Celtic's weakest position is still um, the centre-halves. I mean, I think that's a pretty obvious thing to say. I'm still worried about uh, Greg Taylor at left-back. Ralston has, has been pretty incredible at the start of the season. I know Juranovic has come in as, as cover. Celtic still need to you know, to bring uh, more players in. But, you know, I've said it on many occasions, the brand of football which Celtic play is really exciting to watch. But in many respects, your two best players have to be your centre-halves. And, you know, there's an argument to say at this moment in time, the two weakest players are the Celtic centre-halves. And, you know, they can get exposed. So I think the games against Altmar, the games against Rangers, will depend on, uh, on the Celtic centre-halves. Can you, tell, that
1: can, you, can you tell the, the, the people listening, Chris, as, a, as a, a former professional who played at a very high level, if you have a manager who just wants to play one way, do you like that? Or would you sometimes sit in the dressing room and say, oh, should maybe tighten up here, we're going away for a game in Europe? I'd, I'd rather we were a little bit more cautious. Or would you prefer it? Do, do you like the fact that he's, he's he's just saying basically, this is the way I'm going to play and that's it? Or should you cut your cloth accordingly?
2: Kevin, uh, just, uh, yeah, I think it's a really interesting one. I, I, I would love to play uh, for Ange Postacoglu, the brand of football, you know, playing as a centre-forward. You, you, you're going to get an abundance of chances. You're, you're going to score a lot of goals. That's just the way it is. But there, there's no doubt that it's it's risk and reward with the expansive brand of football that Celtic play, the inverted fullbacks. you know, they fire players into the box. Um but, I mean, I thought in the uh, in the home game against AZ, after 70 minutes, and, and this has happened in a few games, the Celtic players look out on the feet and they're still busting a gut and, and racing around. I think you wrote, Swanee, that uh, that Greg Taylor was sprinting up to, to, to take a throw in 10 minutes ago. They're 2-0 up, uh, up in a European tie. And you're thinking, oh, you know, maybe temper that a little bit, you know, just... Just think a little bit, slow the game down. Celtic are in a brilliant position. While we want to see Celtic score the third and put the tie to bed, 2-0 still a good result. You know, the, the, the disaster would have been Altmar scoring. Now, the way the game panned out, it was a brilliant watch. And Odds and Edward had those couple of chances, which the, the Altmar keeper uh, made two really brilliant saves. But Altmar had opportunities as well. And, and that's the worry. But... The manager has been pretty blunt in, in coming out and saying this is the way it's going to be. So I think we're all, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're all in for the ride with it and it's not going to change. And whatever whatever we say on on this podcast, whatever you write, it doesn't look like the, you know, the way the, uh, the manager is setting the team up is going to change. But inevitably, in the big European ties and maybe, you know, the big, the big Derby games, Celtic could come a crop of playing that way
1: Michael same train of thought for
0: you I actually think I actually think we saw a different side Celtic the, the other week in the last 20 minutes um, I don't think it was quite as gung-ho I think um, Post put on Mc- Jane McCarthy, put on Sorrow and I think the last 20 minutes apart from, I know we mentioned that one about Ralson's intervention kind of towards the end that's the only real chance that my had in the last 20 minutes, I actually thought it was a different kind of side that to be seen. That so far, I thought it was a bit more kind of conservative, a bit deeper, and not quite as, as gung ho. So I, I think they have it in them um, to do that kind of thing. I don't. It wasn't. Listen, it wasn't a back to the wall campaign job, but it, it was a different side of them. So I think they have got. It. I think they have got the kind of the pragmatism in there. I don't think the manager's completely kind of Kevin Keegan gung ho ninety minutes. I think he has got it in his locker to, to change things and be a bit more conservative. Um, well, he did it from the start on Thursday night. I would doubt. But we need to wait and see. But um, I think he has got his locker.
1: Obviously, the style of football you, you touched on at the Chris. is very exciting for the for the front players and for the attacking players. And Telfair obviously scoring a lot of goals. Everyone's chipping in at the moment. Sort of the front six whoever other plays, everyone seems to be getting a turn. How impressed have you been with the new boys, Kyogo Furahashi and Lila Bada in particular? And I know you touched on on Tom Rogic and Edward and Forrest is doing about and so is Ryan Christie. But the two new guys to settle in so quickly, the two, the two attacking players. How impressed have you been by how fast they've adapted?
2: I mean, it's uh, it's been pretty remarkable, hasn't it? Both players, just on barda uh, you know, we saw his record in Israel, goal-scoring record, and he's a young man. Uh, and But it, it, it was eye-opening to see his goal-scoring record. And then for him to come in at Celtic and hit the ground running, he has paced a burn, doesn't he? But the fact that he seems like a natural in terms of goal scoring, that bodes really well. But, he, you know, he, he started uh, in, in, in a confident fashion and he is going to d- develop and get better and better and better. Now, Kyogo uh, Furahashi, I think, is a more uh, rounded player who will get better uh, under Ange Postacoglu. But, I mean, he he looks the part. He's a player who was lifted the whole Celtic support and the stadium and he's the player who I think um I'm not saying he's the final piece in the jigsaw because Celtic need to add but he's he, he seems to be a bit of a game changer in taking Celtic to the next level I actually think that um that that he will you know if Edward stays that that partnership will will really develop well I like him as a center forward but I like him off the left I mean, it looks like he can play a, a number of positions, but to come in and make the impact which he has done, and to give the support so much belief has been remarkable. I mean, he's only just in, uh, just in the door, isn't he? But he has that pace. But he's so he, he he's so clever. He's a really good thinker. There was a situation. Um, can't actually rem- remember the game where uh, the 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 free kick. There was a free kick which bounced. And he was onto it and anticipating before anybody else had even thought about it on the park. And I think he, he actually ended up missing it.
1: It was the first uh, half but, of the Altmar game. David yeah, Tomlin
2: chucked a shot into the ground and bounced it out of the air. He and was, he was onto it in a flash yeah, it, and it just didn't yeah. get a foot on it. And do you know what? He was the only, only, I mean, you, you watch the footage back. He was the, He was the only player in the box who was thinking uh you, you know about about the possible outcome of where that ball was going to land and and gamble in and everybody else on the pitch were uh, actually froze and that shows you that he is you know is is a really smart thinker his pacey his movement is is exceptional and uh what four and a half million I know we've given you know Celtic a kicking on this podcast over the yep. years in in terms of chucking money away but that looks four and a half million very well spent.
1: Chris, it's unfortunate that we're not going to be able to speak about Kyogo on this podcast without mentioning the disappointing footage which emerged all the racism towards him uh, last weekend. Celtic condemned the actions of those involved immediately and, and, and Rangers have punished the individuals very, very quickly. Is it, is it, is it good that it's been dealt with so quickly?
2: Uh, yeah, I think, look, I think it is. I'm just the, the same as um, you know most other people, uh, horrified with uh, you know with, with with what we you know have seen, and good on Rangers for condemning it and dealing with it and, and banning the, uh, the, the the perpetrators. And I think the Rangers Supporters Club. Uh, from their stadium uh, and that's that that's what uh they should have done and that's what all clubs in scotland need to have done and uh so fair play to rangers and you know these people need calling out
1: michael back to the the football Kyogo, as chris says it's hit the ground running so quickly uh, you've been I, I guess you've been as equally impressed by him and Abad.
0: Oh, without a doubt, on, on the park. I mean, it's, it's, it's plain to see the impact they've made. But I actually think off it as well. I think, especially Kyogo, it, it looks like such sort of an infectious character. He's come in with a big smile in his face when I was I was walking out of um, Celtic Park at uh, the weekend after the game. An hour after the game, he's outside signing autographs and taking selfies for about an hour after the game. He was just he was just loving loving kind of his his life in, in, in Glasgow and all that stuff, which makes this week a bit more of a shame, to be honest with you. But I Did think you got make. Did you? <laughs> he, actually, he asked me if I won, Chris. I was a bit embarrassed, to be honest with you. I felt a bit kind of um, about put out. Mm. Um, but I think that attitude, you know, that big, big kind of smile, and he seems to be kind of kind Are you having really... pop at me there, mate. Not, not at all, Chris. You're not. You're a real sunshine when you arrived in Scotland. <laughs> but I mean, but actually, compared to last year, It was a kind of club. that was a kind of doom and gloom, and everyone was moping about. But I even the comparison this time, last year. Shut up and negotiating with Albion uh, Yeti, and he was on his holidays for a week, waiting to work, work, working at his options and all that stuff. Yeah. You look at Kyogo, jumps in a plane, comes across in quarantine, and he's straight in there. With a big smell on his face. You think the contrast is huge, and he actually he, he's lifted supporters, lifted his teammates. You see him going about high and hugging everyone, and all that stuff. It rubs off on people around him. There's a, there's a sense, of kind of enjoyment back in that squad. I know last year the result was kinda of poorly, that's that that's it's all about winning. That's what changes that actually anyway. But it just seems to be that he's brought a kinda of sense of kind of fun and enjoyment back. Um and it's spread through the kind of, the team and the stands. It's lifted the whole place. So I mean whether it continues after this week, we'll have to wait and see. But it certainly changed the kind of atmosphere, hasn't it?
1: Well, I think I think it, would it be fair to say, Michael, um you were at the game last weekend, hat trick for David Turnbull. Um he looks like he's been lit up. By the arrival of these attacking options in front of him as well, and it gives him passes to hit, um, as, as we've seen with a couple of goals already. But he's also capable of having a big, big season. Is that fair?
0: Well, oh, he's. I think was a class act. Oh, the only thing time we needed was to get up to full fitness and get, get an engineering on him. I mean, last year I think I don't think he was quite right the whole season. He kind of faded a lot in games uh, later on, but he looks as though he's a good preseason. That's a bit of
2: harsh, Mick. I,
0: I, I know, but I just think it looked a, to me like a wee bit sharp, a wee, a wee bit lacking overall. But I think a good pre season. He missed, a, missed even last season, pre season wasn't great for him. I think you see him now, do you see a big see difference. he was
2: Celtic shining light last season. No, I, um, I do. I, I, think, I think there's more to come from him. I
0: think last year we only saw glimpses. I think he is going to be top class. I think David Turnbull was a Rolls Royce player. I think he is, he's got absolutely everything in his locker. Uh, Am I starting to see it this season? I think. Um, He's helped he's away, the he's away
2: with Scotland, wasn't he? And, and, that, and look, I think the first couple of games he may have looked a little bit jaded, but I mean, he's uh, he's got his confidence back now and, and, and looks sharp. But you know, there isn't a player in the team who doesn't really look sharp at this moment in time.
0: I think the formation helps him, Chris, as well. Do you think this? The way the way they're kind of lining up helps him as well. I think. I don't think I was never convinced last year with the kind of diamond midfield. I don't think. I think the diamond it got the players in this team, but I don't think it got the best out of them. I think it actually hampered guys playing slightly different roles in that diamond. I never liked it last year. but I think this year, um, the, the formation is a lot more fluid. and I think it suits, it's suiting Turnbull, it's suiting Rogic, it's suits Ryan Christie. It's, I think it's definitely suiting Callum McGregor as well, who's had a great start to the season. Um, so I think that's helped free them up as well, which makes them, makes him, um, I think he seems to be kind of enjoying that kind of role. But I don't think it helped him last year, to be honest.
1: Chris, is there, a bit, is, is there going to be an onus going forward on a big onus on James McCarthy and, and maybe others? Because the reason I ask, with international football as well, you could be talking sixty, sixty-five games um, for David Turnbull and Callum McGregor, and it, it, the standard, the, the style of football which Ange Postecoglou wishes to play, mm-hmm. is is that doable? <laughs> and even if it is doable, it's, it's, it would be pretty difficult to maintain peak performance, wouldn't it? Speaking of yeah. all the way through those games, you would have lulls, you would have dipped, or can it be done?
2: Um, I mean it's a really interesting one. Did did the manager not say that the players were running on empty uh last week, which was a pretty pretty remarkable thing to say when we're sort of only a few games into the season? But you know, maybe that's another uh, uh uh, another warning to the board that you know if you don't if you don't let me bring more players in then it's going to take its toll. You know I don't believe that uh, that, that players can play 60, 65 games a season with the intensity that Ange uh, Postacoglu wants from his players. Hence why more players need to be brought in and and the importance of uh, of, of rotation at times throughout the season. Now Sorrow and McCarthy. Uh, there is good competition for those midfield places. I'd love to see Ryan Christie uh, stay at Celtic. It will be really interesting to see. You know, we're hearing of rumours down south. I've heard of uh, Burnley mentioned. I've heard of Southampton uh, mentioned for, for Ryan Christie, but he's enjoying his football uh, at Celtic. And and if he stayed and if Hudson Edwards stayed, we've already mentioned that, then, you know, I think that would be a big deal for uh, Celtic at this moment in time. But... They still need more players. In. Christopher Julian will eventually come back. Um, the left-back area is still an enormous concern for me. And I, I, you know, I worry about Greg Taylor being exposed Thursday night and against Rangers. But uh, you know, he's, he's been gutsy um, so far, but I'm, I'm not so sure going forward that Greg Taylor is, uh, is possibly the answer.
1: Just a quick one um, on the other side of the pitch. Chris, we haven't had a chance to, to touch on the arrival of Josep Juranovic. Um £2.5 million would appear to be an outstanding piece of business for the first pick in Croatia's national team, um, given, the, given the, the standard that they're at. Um, and Obviously, you spoke about the, the minutes and the, the amount of games that people have had to play. Tony Ralston's obviously not going to be able to do it all. But do you think that... Although Anthony Ralston will play in Alkmaar, would you expect Juranovic to come straight into the team for the Rangers game at Ibrox on Sunday? Given the fact yeah. they've paid the money for him, um,
2: not not necessarily. I, I think uh, you know at this moment in time, it's, it'd be difficult to drop Tony Ralston. Obviously, you know there there are a lot of things which. Uh, which can can happen, you know. Maybe he'll he'll fatigue a little bit, and the manager will, um, you know, will put uh, Juranovic into the team uh, against Rangers. No doubt he's brought him and he rates him, and he will co- come and play. But at this moment in time, it's going to be hard to to oust uh, Ralston from the team. Uh, in terms of whether two and a half million is money well spent, well, you know, let's just let's just wait and see. We've seen you know players come to Celtic and Rangers in the. Past and, and for whatever reason come with a big reputation, and it just doesn't work out. But so far, you have to say, where Celtic have been really poor in, in recent seasons with the recruitment um, at this moment in time, uh, Abada and, uh, and Kyogo. And Joe Hart as well. Forgot to mention Joe Hart. Well, I think we already have mentioned him briefly, but uh, look to be really important signings. The biggest thing about signings is can they improve your first 11? Can they improve the team? I think at this moment in time, we would all agree that the three players which, uh, which we've, we've mentioned have improved the team at uh, no end.
1: Michael, what would you suggest needs to be added before the deadline closes?
0: I still I, I, I agree with Chris. I think it's still necessary. Um, I, 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 still, I don't know if they can deal with the aerial threat. I think Celtic are, are lacking. I don't think they're winning. I think they, they lose a lot of um, in the air. Uh, Is that, even, I, even,
1: sorry, sorry to break in though, Michael. Is that a balancing act for Celtic in, in the market, given the fact they have a £7 million centre-half on the books, who will be back probably by mid-October?
0: Yeah, but you also can't—you can't just expect him to jump straight back in and pick up where he left off. The guy's yeah. been out for nearly a year, so you, yeah. That's, so you're now looking at October, November. it? You're, you're, you're halfway through a season before you can expect him back to the full fitness. Yeah. Um, so you need to buy a centre half that can deal with the balls in, in the box. But even <laughs> at the weekend, they won six nothing, but they didn't really handle Curtis Main that well, to be honest with you. Uh, bizarrely, uh, so I still think a centre half is necessary. I agree. Left back. I think I think Greg Taylor's done really well this season. I think he's been terrific, but very short on cover and competition. Well, obviously they've still got Bowling Goalie um, somewhere somewhere near the bills of Parkhead, but he's not obviously got a future at the club. Uh, so left-back. Striker issue, I, th- I think, interesting, obviously the last few days of the window, it might be interesting. Oh, Austin Edward, they need to have someone lined up. If he goes having Yeti, I don't see him having a future in this, the way that Celtic play. I think I think I wouldn't be, wouldn't be surprised to see having a Yeti loan deal somewhere. Is, out, out Mick, the is there
2: any truth in this Griffiths Nisbet thing I mean you guys you're the guys in the know always interesting to hear what you know what you two know about stuff like this
0: not a lot so Chris, to be honest not too much so I that's think,
2: a fake story then
0: well no, I would say it's a fake I think listen it, 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 I can see how it makes sense would Celtic take Nisbet probably yes would Hibs take Griffiths? I'm not sure that's the issue as well. I mean, Hibs won't really talk. You're just waffling there. Come on,
2: is is there any truth?
0: Uh, no, I I don't see the appeal to Hibs really. I think Hibs have got a young striker who's worth a lot of money. Uh, Griffith's question marks were fitness for the last two or three years. I don't see the appeal to them. Celtic would love Nisbet. Would they pay four or five million pounds? I doubt it. There's, a, there's too many things involved. I think it makes it too tricky. So I. I Thanks for clearing I, I that up, Mick. Would, would Celtic take Nisbet? Of course they would. But could they afford them? And would the Hibs take Griffiths? I doubt. How's that for face jumping? <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen, but it might happen. <laughs> Beautifully angled through the covers uh,
1: there by Michael uh, You can Brilliant. never write
0: anything off in football. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Brilliant, Gentlemen, it's a big week for Celtic
1: and thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us beforehand and giving us your insight into it. Thank you all also for listening. Stay in touch with Record Sport for all the news and and the big matches coming up. Thank you.